0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> hello everyone welcome to my niche podcast about the one thing i kind of know something about game shows i suppose i am your host jordan haas oh boy uh this is the second episode i've recorded this week this week being january 14th so if any gaming news uh shows up uh, i i might have to just break into this record file and insert it uh so, so recently, I did a review of Mask Singer uh, for Game Show Garbage, and Cindy uh, invited me over there. I had a lot of fun. Go check it out. There's your plug, Cindy. Uh, it's on the Game Show Garbage U- YouTube channel. Uh, in addition to that, uh, let, let's get some catch-up here. Uh, GSN Games uh, are going out. Sony and Warner Meter are looking for bids for the GSN Games division. GSN Games is not Game Show Network uh it happened in the in like the like late 2000s was when they considered the change game show network to gsn and consolidate the sony gaming area because gsn at the time had a lot of interactive games including an interactive version of whammy down the Press your luck and Russian Roulette, among other things so they took all that and they decided to make it you know oodles oodles and and puzzle games uh, so they're trying to sell it, and I don't know if that's going to get any buyers. But you never know. Thank you, Motley Fuel, fool. Uh, other than that, uh, I, I I saw a new game show recently uh, called Drop That Seat on Nickelodeon, and it's bad. It's 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 a really really cheap game show. Uh, so it it's Musical chairs with three teams of two and they win like a thousand dollars, I think fifteen hundred cause two fifty, five 750 Uh so that's fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred dollars. Uh, and it's what if you play some music and you dance with the music, but the entire set looks like it was done on a budget of maybe fifty bucks because everything was something grabbed from party city. Like it's the like the silver like glitter curtain that you see that that's like for someone's prom night and disco balls and disco lights and a lot of black lights that don't really work when it comes to trying to make the show look neon and cool. Uh, It's a disaster show for kids. Uh, Sorry about that, folks it's it's i'm not gonna say it's not for me i'm just gonna say wow this show is bad uh also there's physical challenges where they do basically dance moves like doing the running man while scrubbing a floor that's the the show nickelodeon has had a track record of a lot of game shows over the last decade including a revival of double dare uh, not including things like web heads, for instance, or Brain Surge. Uh, this is one of those original concepts that all I could explain is its musical chairs. I've also saw the new Ellen's Game of Games with some of their new challenges, and I just gotta say, it's it's still garbage. I am basically pulling the plug on Ellen Game of Games. I think this time around, I just can't get into Ellen. I think Ellen's show... Is, is just, it's too stagnant at this point. And I think after watching Russian Roulette a couple weeks ago, and then seeing like Moment of Truth, and now this time we're watching uh, Strike It Rich and Strike It Lucky, there's a lot better game shows than Ellen's Game of Games. And I could just go on completely and talk about the, the, the show itself and every aspect of it. But I mean, I understand they want to give $100,000 and do some sort of tournament style game to that. I would rather if you're just doing Ellen's daytime games, but in in prime time, just have it so the contestants win prizes and it's a one and done deal, and just have some lucky player, you know, do the the hand the the hot hands game at the end because cause everything else is it's just I find it boring and it's just like I understand now Ellen's the game of games it's rip off other game show aspects. Or some variation of Pie Face, where you answer questions and then if you're wrong, you get messy. Like, that's it. That's the, the that's majority of Ellen's Game of Games. It's very on the nose, and a lot of these games kind of are just different aesthetics, but with the same Russian roulette game. One-Eyed Monster is Crocodile Dentist. Uh, Mu- Blindfolded Musical Chairs is kind of funny, but then I just kind of get reminded that Wipeout once existed. Uh, and i just i just don't know if i want to get more involved into ellen's game of games i i did like the first season though slightly but i think just this time around i just can't get into it maybe i just maybe my tastes have changed i i don't know but i just can't get into ellen and i saw i'm sorry game show aficionados who love ellen's game of games i understand the appeal of ellen I think maybe she's just not into this anymore. And I can sense that. And I think they want the show to end because she can't handle doing a talk show and this game show anymore. Uh, it's not even a feel-good show. If you think about it, it's not really a feel-good show because only one person really wins the show. Everyone else doesn't win. So you're really just getting into the, the games for nothing. If you watch the Ellen show itself... All the contestants that play the Ellen daytime game shows, they win something. Like, if you play Make It Rain and someone gets wet, the consolation price is like a Vizio television. Like, you're not out anything. On this show, though, everyone's out. It's really just one person. And maybe that's what's springing it to me. I'm watching Ellen game shows in the daytime, and I'm like, wow, that's more exciting to watch in this little aspect of the daytime show than in prime time with Twitch maybe showing up maybe five times in the course of the entire show. I I, I don't know. I can't give it a letter grade right now. Uh, If I had to, I would say drop that seat gets like a D minus. Not a full on F. It's not horrible. Maybe like a solid D. Uh, It's just very cheap and very dark and not exciting. And, And if you're a kid who wants to dance, like... It doesn't even feel like you're watching like a kids' version of like Soul Train or, or uh, American Bandstand, and I think that's what they were trying to go with. They were trying to go with a cross between American Bandstand and a game show, and it just it, it doesn't click. And Ellen's Game of Games, I'm giving it now like a B minus. I originally gave it like a B plus. It's now gone to the minus range. It, it's almost borderline C plus. I think the new games are bad. I, they don't offer anything exciting to the show. It's more of the same. It's a baby race. It's a baby game show. It's a game show for babies. I'd rather watch Double Dare. And that's a show intentionally for children. Uh, other th- And the last game show I watched recently was Match Game. The new season debuted with Alec Baldwin. I fell asleep watching alec baldwin match game that had to rewatch it on hulu the next day and i still felt very tired and i like alec baldwin's match game because of the wordplay i think the format is perfect for the show at this point but it feels at least in in my perception here it feels like the game is is more stagnant at this point i don't know if they changed writers but it seems that some of these questions are a little more open-ended now than ha- having the, the correct answer uh, written out. So, it, it, you know, d- like your classic joke of, you know, d- uh, dumb Dora is so dumb. How dumb is she? She's so dumb. She threw a blank out the window to see time fly. Like, okay, a cl- alarm clock, a clock, a watch. Like, those are your definitive answers. Now it's like, Dumb Dora is so dumb. How dumb is she? She is so dumb. She, uh, w- she wanted to make a sand castle, but instead of using sand, she used blank. What? Like It makes no sense. What, what gives? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't enjoy it at all. Uh, i i I love match game Uh, i i think maybe i'm just tired and maybe i need to get my head back in the game here for match game but i think there's a writing problem or something is up because none of these things are 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 exciting but i do love the super match aspect that's still the same that's still dramatic and and it's still a fun show to watch i'm not like scathing it as as much as probably others uh, I just will say right off the bat, I like Match Game. I'm definitely going to do a, like a rundown of that show soon because I, I think it definitely does qualify in the hall of game shows. But I don't give it as I don't give Match Game the praise that a lot of people do. I I think Match Game is a show that is is more fonded over by people who want to see a Cards Against Humanity game show. Or those who have seen it played at the UCB for like a few years. Uh, This remake is the game. It's perfect. It's perfect. If you're doing a perfect adaptation of a format of Match Game, it's perfect. All of this is perfect. But maybe I just am not that thrilled about Match Game. Maybe that's it. Uh, And it's not because there's no Charles Nelson Riley anymore. I think it really is just how lenient is the judges when it comes to the answers and how open-ended the game show really is it's still more enjoyable to watch in like late night with jimmy fallon or something but it's i don't know and i feel bad i'm starting the show off on a negative note i'm like this game show is bad and this game show is bad and this game show is boring i feel bad because i know these these shows could get better and, and I know that these shows are exciting and I know they're, they're going to be okay and they're probably going to get another season pickup. They're exciting to watch. I understand that. But I, I just can't get involved with these shows. I can't get invested with, with my eyes compared to, say, let's make, a, uh, let's make a Deal with Wayne Brady, A Deal or No Deal. Uh, even Jeopardy is, is more exciting to me than, than watching Ellen's Game of Games or Drop That Seat. Uh, and match game i i mean there's it's no pyramid but it's fun and 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 i i I will still like keep my hulu subscription just to keep watching it but it's it's probably going to be sleep filter for me that being said though even though i saw a really depressing note we definitely have a great show today because this is one of those unsung classics of game shows this is one where I, it's just great to tell this story of this game. Uh, the, Buzzer picked up uh, episodes of the show, and it's airing now on Amazon Video. And I'm pretty sure because it's on Amazon Video, it'll eventually make its way onto Buzzer proper. But it, it, it's a thrilling game, and it's one of those things where it's like, I completely forgot about it. But then when they made the announcement it's coming, I watched it, and it's like, okay, eh. And then I watched uh, the, the British version. And I, and now I'm really excited to talk about the show. And it's a really good show. And it's one of those, okay, I can now see what's been going on here. And, of course, we're talking about the game show Strike It Rich. So, for those who don't know who Strike It Rich was, it was a radio game show from 1954 in which, uh, basically, people with sob stories uh, get $30. And then they can gamble those questions on on different on different trivia and if they got it right they got their money but if they lose and they lose all their money at any point uh the heart line would uh be basically a phone line for people to call in to these these people with sob stories and donate money themselves that's that's strike it rich the 1957 edition sob stories and and a donation line for kids Anyway, The Real circuit Rich, is actually a 1980s game show with Joe Garagiola. And, okay, this is, like, it can't get any more 80s than this. So, as we have established on on earlier episodes, every decade of game show has a new uh, storyline. And it's a very premise, because I think game shows are a great time capsule of what's been happening in the decade. And, you know, things like 70s... It's very irrelevant. It, that, is, that is your Chuck Barris Productions era of game show where everything's wacky and out there and exciting, fun, exciting stuff. Uh, but in the 80s, this is when it was the big money, but not, you know, big money 90s. Think, think Press Your Luck. Think uh, Strike It Rich, which is what we're talking about today. Game shows where there's a lot at risk and you can keep going or you can stop. Stop and go. Stop and go. Stop and go. Stop and go that in 80s is the prime of game shows i i think this was the big game show boom was 1980s second to the 50s because of all the the scandals but the 80s was the big game show boom of the time and everyone wanted to pick up game shows syndication was starting in style because you know cable television started to make a rise so everyone wanted to get into a network everyone wanted to have new shows and a lot of things were able to pick up and a lot of them tended to be game shows of course in the 90s that became talk shows. so a lot of these shows got canceled but it's the 80s and you know money is in and money 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 and aspiration be rich quick get rich quick go on game shows and strike it rich uh play to that it's no press your luck don't get me wrong press your luck is a big show but strike it rich Uh, with Joe Garagiola is a great show because it is essentially the same risk reward system mixed with a board game and I like and I'm kind of a guy who loves board game aspects of things uh so in the pilot version which would later become Strike It Lucky which is a much better show than Strike It Rich we'll get to that in a bit first let's talk about Joe Joe has been a baseball man he is your your go-to baseball voice. He was on the Today Show. Wonderful, exciting man. Very funny, off the cuff. He he had like a famous like phrase like almost every single time I have seen. Uh, Strike it rich. He had like he had this, this this these joking lines where it's like be honest with me and and come up with something dry and it was fun. He is just the this hip happening guy. He hosted Strike It Rich and only lasted one season, like 1986. It only really lasted like one season. Uh, He hosted To Tell the Truth. He hosted Sail the Century from 1971 to 1974. He had a memory game, and he said, she said. He was a a game show host in his own right. He was also friends with Gerald Ford. So, hey, he also had that going for him. But for Strike It Rich, uh, this was his time to shine. So, Strike It Rich. Uh, it, 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 it's not played as, as same as the, as the UK edition, which I say is more superior than this, but follow me with this, uh, strike it rich, uh, was two couples. Uh, one had the top section, one had the bottom section and on the U S version, they had a choice of either of a category and five possible answers and they can move one space. They could move two spaces or three spaces. For every question they get, and that determines their contract of getting correct answers. So if you wanna move one space, you gotta get this one question right. You wanna move two spaces, you gotta get two questions right. You wanna go three spaces, you move three. three you gotta get these three questions right. Getting the questions correct, move you, and uh, finishing the bank gets to go into the board round. Failing to answer the question and control goes up to the next team. And they get to answer the questions and finish the contract for the amount of spaces you wanted. So let's get to the spaces. So in the event it was one, two, or three spaces, they got to go through a a nice wall. It's the main game. And I believe in the uh, version that is in the U.S., there are seven monitors. There's the start space, then four on the, the, the left side, then like a little staircase split, then three on the right side, and then one that's the final Strike It Rich question. Uh, and there, and because it is, of course, the 80s and game shows were in, they had their own version of the whammy called the Bandit. So what would happen is the Bandit would randomly be in one of the seven squares at the start of the game. Actually, eight. I think they also include the Strike It Rich question. So you can press your luck and push the button, and you will see a prize on your screen. Typically you would see a prize on the screen uh, And these are really Weird prizes So sometimes it's something like A day at the zoo Or a case of wine Or uh, a Rolls Royce For the weekend Something cheap but something that also is a bit lavish In the lap of luxury Because we're trying to go strike it rich So so little, little luxury items Here and there uh, You can keep the prize Or depending on the amount of spaces you have, you can keep going one more time and push the next button in front of you. If it's a prize, you get both prizes. It's two. And if it it went all three, you can get all three prizes. But be careful. If you push the button and it is the bandit, he steals all the prizes. And and the play goes over to the other team. And they get a chance to continue playing with a new question and five possible answers and a contract. You can stop, though, and bank the prizes yourself. But in doing so, that also changes control over to the opposite team. Your goal is to make it to the eighth screen, which is the strike it rich question. And if you can correctly answer that question, you win the game and you get to play the bonus round. No matter what happens on the game, you get to keep your prizes no matter what. Which is why it's very important that you decide if you want to bank it or go on. When it comes to the show... There are only two ways of losing the prizes. It's either you don't bank it when someone goes to the final strike rich question and gets it right. Or if somebody, uh, hits the bandit and loses all the prizes up to that point, if you bank it and then like your next one's the bandit, you don't lose your prices that you banked. It's only when they're at risk that they get keeped, which leads to a lot of decisions. Uh, that is, that's essentially the, the the strike it rich game, quickly because I heard that it needs to be quick. Uh, is you know answer questions, move move the space, stop go, move space, stop go, and and it's a very fast paced, quick witted game uh, with fun prizes and a bandit that's randomly selected, and it's like a boop 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 boop. Okay, now you can push the button. And there's video, and. And some of the times it's it's really silly, like uh, a trip to your in-laws or we can move your in-laws out of the area. So the final striker Witch question is no possible answers. You just have to get it right to get to the bonus sign. And you get to go to the bonus game. In the bonus game, you have uh, to basically play the same game you already played but this time, you got to go, it's basically flip of the coin, because they had seven screens. And you basically, if you wanted to win $5,000 bonus, you had to push your top or bottom. And one was a dollar sign, it was the Circuit Rich logo, and the other one was a bandit. If you can correctly pick which of the two is the dollar sign five times, you will get $5,000. But if you want to win the car and the 5000 you can opt to go for $6 signs and only can find one bandit. Uh, otherwise, you get $100 for each dollar sign you find. And that's essentially uh, the regular game. In early versions of the show, according to the game show wiki... Uh, there were a few options to play for besides five thousand dollars for five or five thousand a car for six. You can get three dollar signs for one thousand dollars, four dollar signs for two thousand dollars, the five dollar signs for a car, or six dollar signs for two cars. I guess I haven't figured out five thousand dollars replaced the regular car and six dollar signs is the car. I'm not saying it's budgetary reason, because I mean you still get the five thousand dollars, but you get a car. The original name for this game show was Arch Rivals. However, uh, former Barry and Engreich director Richard Klein believed that it needed a much better name. That's why it was changed to Strike It Rich or All-New Strike It Rich, as mentioned in the original openings. Also, at the time, there was an arcade game called Arch Rivals. This was the only game show Joe Argiola hosted. Uh, the last one since 1978, was should tell the truth. This is the only game show he hosted in L.A. The rest were all taped in New York. Okay, that's a good fact. Uh, This was the last show in which music was composed by Baring and AinRight music composer, Hal Heidi. Okay, that's a fascinating fact. I actually enjoy this. Um, According to the ads from Broadcasting Magazine, while the show was in development, the format was to have three couples play the game, much like its international counterparts, Strike It Lucky, which is the U.K. version which we're going to bring up in just a bit. But it was changed to two before it went to air. When the bandit was revealed, he usually laughed. That laugh was the voice of baseball player Boog Powell. (laughs) Imagine Boog just going, Hey, you ever uh, watch Strike It Rich? You know that? Ha ha ha! That's me. Some of the sound effects from Tic Tac Doe were recycled into this show, such as the shuffling of the bandit and the reveal sounds. The diamond was used in the intro for the bonus round in season one of Masters of the Maze. Oh god, I just remember that game show. Oh jesus. Oh boy, that was JD Roth, and then that was Mario Lopez, and the winner was like a gift card to the sharper image of Beverly Hills or something. Uh, the sh- same balloons of green, white, and gold that fell and break the bank when the bank was broken also fell and strike a witch when a couple won the bonus round, albeit with the red ones added. Regardless if they were playing for $5,000 with or without a car, along with balloons, a siren simmer, the burglar alarm would go off. International versions, however, do not drop anything on a bonus round, nor do they blare a siren. Uh in 2019 eh, reruns it on Amazon. I already knew that. Uh oh, tagline. They struck it rich. I hope you strike it rich. This is Joe Guardiola saying see you next time. Alright, that's <laughs> I, I okay, so Strike It Rich when it was a seven and a couple of te- I understand it's 22 minutes and that kind of made the show a little faster. And and the novelty is supposed to be with the prizes and the bandit, and I get that. But I, I feel the the screen, which, by the way, at the time uh, was one of those light screens, you know, LED boards, uh, similar to that you would see in Major League Baseball games, because at the time that's a little cheaper, you know, the, like in the Family Feud, a bonus round. Uh, in later areas and in later shows, you know, they would go for either a giant big screen television or they would go with a projector screen and would show the answers instead, um, it's totally not like Strike it Rich The, the original we talked about with the uh, Heartline And it has nothing to do with it I just wanted to bring it up because That's also called Strike it Rich uh, The original announcer for it was Charlie O'Donnell And it would later become Bob Hilton Bob Hilton was a voice Of game shows He was the voice of Pyramid He was the voice of the dating game The newlywed game he was the voice of Trivia Trap and, and also He was the voice of game shows He still uh, does voices from time to time uh, He also hosted a few game shows He hosted the Let's Make a Deal of the 90 1990 at Walt Disney World Which I should probably like see if I can get some of the people from Podcast the Ride to show up on that one Because that would be silly uh, Also Bamboozle and the guinness game in 1977 version of true for consequences strike it rich uh, in the u.s was two couples and one two or three answers but we're about to see by expanding it out to be three couples and also eight monitors you make for a much more exciting game show i am talking about itv's big hit strike it lucky with drew barrymore so Michael Barrymore is a comedian. Everyone loves comedians. Ha ha, look at the stuff. And he he just used to do impressions of John Cleese and Nora Wisdom. And he was a warm-up man for Generation Game, which is a classic British game show. He was a panelist on Blankety Blank, which is their version of Match Game. Uh, their television career started in 1976. You know, of Who Do You Do and Blankety Blank. We already established some of this stuff. And he did a, a, a kid's game show called Get Set Go, which would then grow into 1983. And then the game show Strike It Lucky, which was later Strike It Rich in 1986. And it grew in popularity and became one of these biggest classic hits. And it's because it has the same UK uh, triviality that would work. And it didn't really work when it came to a 1980s luck-based uh, risk-reward game show in America. So Michael Barrymore's Strike It Lucky, it's British game shows. British game shows are almost pseudo-notorious for being relatively cheap. However, ITV game shows tend to have a little bit more budget. I've learned over the years of watching game shows because, uh, of course, they have commercial advertising. It's basically the most American network you can watch on in British television's ITV. No, no disrespect to Channel Four or BBCs or any of their four on four ODs or BBC threes, but but ITV is is. Usually if a show is on ITV, there's a good chance that show would transfer over to America and vice versa, which is the case up here. Uh, This was a late 80s game show. Uh, This one debuted in 1986 and would grow all the way and and return in 1999. It's a cult classic game show there. I can't really explain why, (laughs) to be honest. Uh, but I'm gonna try. I'm gonna I'm gonna bullshit this one. Um, so Michael Barrymore uh, would wear like a tuxedo and it look like a nice formal event on this very vibrant game show set where there is three arches, a red arch, a yellow arch, and a blue arch. And the casting was usually great because when it comes to UK game shows they, they tend to stretch out just a bit where it is, let's get to know the contestants portion is much longer than it ever is here in america in america we've either used that to be the game show itself look at moment of truth look at deal or no deal or we just move along like it's jeopardy like you're only there for 30 seconds to say hey i once shook hands with barack obama at a subway like that's it (laughs) like that's okay cool on this on, on on uk game shows that becomes like a good five to six minute Set and if you're a comedian like like you know Michael Barrymore, you know how to crowd work. So this becomes a, a a gifted thing for him and his and his quick wit to basically introduce the contestants, have fun with them. They heckle him, he heckles back, and it's a good time. Uh, usually, when it comes to the casting, it is one young couple, you know, like think twenties, early thirties. I just started a family. Then you have a much older family because, you know, it's like, like 50s, 60s, a, a bit senior-ish. And then you have the quirky group. Like you don't know what they are, like a mother, daughter, a father, son, uh, two people who are obviously drunk, someone with a bizarre occupation, enough that that becomes like the third set because in the comedy rule of threes, two normal and then something odd. And that's what made Strike It Lucky really work when it came to the show. Uh, then let's introduce how it would work. They split up the couples now. So now one is over at the arches and the other one are at podiums to answer the questions. This makes the game somewhat faster because now it's no longer a team game should have figure out the answers. Now one is the designated smart person. The other one is the one to determine risk-reward. Uh, instead of answering one, two, or three to a question, it's now two, three, or four out of six possible answers. And you see a six answers on the board, and you continue playing from there. Uh, and on this show, uh, they really are just going to keep pushing the answers. And these aren't questions where it's like, in 1943, this was the... W-. No, Th- they have made it so the questions are now like, if the, co- it's like colors red, orange, yellow, blue, green, purple. Uh, two, three, or four. All right. Uh, two. Uh, it's the famous, it's a famous, uh, energy drink, blank bowl. Red Bull. Okay. Uh, for, for the full two, uh, if, if you, um, <clears throat> It's uh, the color of money in the United States. Green. That's two. Let's go. Do, 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 do. Music plays, and he walks up the stairs and goes to the contestant. Okay, strike strike the board. Uh, of course, following the rule of the game show, if you fail and answer a question correctly, and usually early on or when the game is getting relatively near the end and he sees that someone has not won a prize, Michael Barrymore will make sure You get something, so he's going to try to lean you into an answer to the point of it's almost borderline. I'm trying to tell you the answer is this Uh, because he wants to make sure every contestant gets a prize on the show. Uh, And that adds to the appeal of the game. So if you get a question wrong, it goes to the player next to it, which becomes the yellow player or the blue player. And then it keeps going from there. If they get it wrong, it goes to the next player. Once both people screw up, then the audience gets to shout it out, and the question gets thrown away, and we go to a new category. Back with someone with the original person in control. the The prizes this time around uh, are kind of actually, I would say, are a little cheaper than the ones in America because America ones, you know, it's like a, a holiday. It's like a trip to vegas it's a it's a diamond necklace and i'm not saying that's not on this show because seeing the show a lot more than i've seen strike it rich at this point the prizes are cheaper but not necessarily worse because now there is you know china set but the china sets in the middle there's also now money so it's like 200 pounds or 100 pounds or 300 pounds Which, did the tally right now how much that is in American currency Uh, It's still a nice sum of money to to debate Whether you want to stop and go Uh, But in this show, the Bandit's not randomized It was already predetermined randomly when the game first started Uh, And it's either, I believe, 6 typically Or it's typically 7 or 9 Sorry, it was almost five to eight hotspots. But typically on the show, it's six. Uh, That's because if it was five to eight, it randomizes. So anyone can get any amount of of these hotspots. They don't have burglars. They have hotspots. But typically in the later seasons, and I believe this is more fair, uh, it was six hotspots with two uh, randomly selected in each arch for each player. So that means out of the eight screens, there are six prizes to be won plus one final strike at lucky question. Because on this show, they had a famous catchphrase, and what is a hot spot? Not, not a good spot. Uh, and and hotspots, much like the burglar, if you have a prize and then you risk it to keep pushing, and it's a hot spot, you lose the prize. Of course, now that the prices are essentially slightly. Lesser or more weird, such as you know, a a horse riding lesson, and you have a fear of horses. It's it's okay. Uh, if a question comes up, you must get it right. You can't have a hot spot. Those are some of the questions. uh Also, all white because it's it's that's how he pronounces things. That's how he pronounces all right, all white. In two thousand six. Michael Barry Mardo stated, if you look closely at Strike It Lucky, the format's a pile of crap. Uh, In in a comprehensive guide in the Game Show Handbook, first published in 1991, which gives a comprehensive guide to quiz and board games, is from UKGameshows.com. The show's associate producer published the book there. of some helpful advice on how to get on shows and how to get the best possible performance when appearing so uh, what makes the show exciting is now that there's eight monitors and it's two three four that means the game moves slightly faster than it actually does in the u.s in the evolve of multiple screens to push in addition that everyone gets two that means there's a lot more risk reward when it comes to pushing four because theoretically you just have to get four and four and you're good but knowing that there's two hot spots now you have to play it safe and figure out when is that next one the hotspot so you can stop, take your prize, push your one to get the hotspot, and move on. If you bank the prizes, uh, play moves on. If you hit the hotspot, play moves on, much like the actual show. When it comes, however, to the final strike it rich question, or strike it lucky question at the end, uh, if it is the last stop in your one, two, or three point question, you can either risk the prizes you've won up to this point in the game, and answer it now or bank it and and hope you get control later. Uh, when it comes to the near end of the game if someone has uh, to answer questions on their like on their set of two three or four and you're already at that finish line question that that game is, is frozen for the time being and they can answer strictly rich question to win the game and play onto the bonus round. What I love is the bonus round for this. This is a much better version of the bonus round that we got in Strike It Rich in the U.S. Where Strike It Rich in the U.S. was played for $5,000 in a car, Strike It Lucky uh, decides, you know, it's better is basically now in it, now that there's three. Yeah, you can do the hotspot slash bandit and the advanced uh, dollar sign space. But now you can actually add a true false question to the game. If you get the question right, it's treated like an advance and you move forward. If you get it wrong, it's treated like a hot spot and that stops you at your tracks. And much like the game, you have a choice to make. You can either uh get 1000 pounds and get no more than 4 hot spots meaning 5 ends your game. You can go for 2000 pounds with 3 hot spots knowing that, you know, 4 ends your game. Or you can play for 3,000 pounds for no more than two, meaning three ends your game. And there's 10 squares to play with, which means you got to go through 10. And just to make it even more riskier when it comes to that game, uh, every correct choice is one tenth of the screen. So if you play for 3,000 pounds, each correct answer is worth 300 pounds. So if you haven't figured out the math correctly... You just have to get through four screens uh, to get to 1,200, which already eliminates the need to pick the 1,000. But I digress. I I think this is a much better version of the format because it's no longer flip of the coin. Now it's uh, uh, something really good, something really bad, and then something that's in your control. And that aspect of a trivia uh, adds some sort of level of... of, uh, drama into the game typically with game shows you know there's some sort of conflict and in this game show there's no need to stop you just keep playing there's no quitting while you're ahead on strike it lucky this is just keep playing in the bonus round until you either get to the end or you hit the hot spots and we're done and i I actually kind of enjoy that because once again the game moves very very fast and it's very funny And while the game is fastly played, there's still time to just make sure these contestants have their moments, which I think in today's viral video, Steve Harvey gives weird reactions to the camera on Family Feud all the time. This makes Strike It Lucky, Strike It Rich with Michael Barrymore one of those way ahead of its time game shows, because this is the kind of stuff... What the contestants say to Michael and what Michael says to the contestants that if YouTube existed back in 1991, this would go viral all the time. In fact, there is a video compilation of the best of Strike It Lucky moments with Michael Barrymore that you could have probably bought. The original run of Strike It Lucky uh, lasted from 1986 to 1994 when it was called Strike It Lucky. When they brought it back, they called it Strike It Rich because they had a different production company and the old one did not want to use the rights to Strike It Rich. Uh, they wanted to Strike It Lucky and it's like, no, it's Strike It Rich now. It, they, I don't want to use it. Uh, so it became Michael Barrymore's Strike It Rich. Uh, and it lasted from December 12, 1996 to August 23, 1999. It lasted four seasons for that one. And was still an exciting show, and it was played exactly the same, only with a much larger budget, with ten thousand pounds, seven thousand pounds, and five thousand pounds, and the consolation prize was, you know, kind of it was weird. Um, so so I, what I kind of like was that the show was funny and clever and exciting, and I enjoy it. Uh. And to me, I, I think this show could theoretically return in its format right now for an American audience. Uh, here's how I would do it, because I like this game show a lot. And when I like a game show, I just want to break it down. And it's, it's bright, it's colorful, it's fun. So here's how I would do it if I was doing the American version of Strike It Rich. Uh, the host... I'd probably pick someone like Craig Ferguson, someone who has experience in, in, in is a comedian and is lighthearted and fun and has some experience already hosting game shows. Uh, that's why I'm thinking it would be him. It would be someone new in, in my mind. And everyone knows I would give a lot of comedians a try. I think this would be a Craig Ferguson kind of show. Uh, it would be played with three uh, different couples. And much like the show, it doesn't necessarily have to mean, you know, husband, wife, husband, husband. Uh, it could be best friends For all we know Any Anything goes when it comes to the casting choices And of course you have to go With everyone has a funny story uh, And everyone is, is is just Best friends with each other Both in terms of the couples themselves And the teams And what they're against Because I don't think this game show has that much conflict Of uh, team versus team Versus team It, it will be played Essentially exactly like the show is played uh, as, as it normally would be. Um, and it would be played an hour long because I think with this kind of show, they want to dramatize it slightly, but keep it silly as well. So how I would do the show with three teams of two is I would make it so it's 10 screens instead of eight instead of seven we're going well actually let's go nine let's go nine i was going to say 10 because you got to keep the 10 monitors 10 on the left 10 on the right so you start uh, because you get through nine prizes and one uh, strike it rich question at the end uh so so with the nine there is uh there is going to be uh two uh hot spots you don't know where they are in the game and all you know is the prizes uh, get better as the game progresses, much like in Strike It Lucky and, and and Strike It Rich. So the first push, the first few presses of all nine uh, are kind of neat. They're kind of light prizes. They're kind of silly prizes, you know, like a Roomba vacuum or $500 or uh or a, or a cleaning service for a month Something something light and, and silly uh, Then you get into like The smaller range And in that lighter range uh, That is when It, it becomes slightly uh, More extravagant We're talking $1,000, $2,000 Prizes, so that's your treadmills That's your home gym That's your refrigerator freezers You know, like in the game show it's Still technically like the show and if you want to go money, that's when you get like $1,000, $2,000. And then when you get to that end, that final 3, that's when you get the bigger $5,000 area prize. That's your trip to Hawaii. That's your trip to New York. That's your that's your uh we and it's always some and one of those prizes is always something related to the team in some way. Like intentionally made like near the end to be something for the team specifically created by the producers. So the, the, so right around like the seventh screen, that's when it hits something good. So that way, essentially you get all three people getting the thing they really want, but there's still a couple more prizes. So that means something could be an African safari, that could be a, that can be a new car, something a little cool extravagant uh, that will blow someone's mind. And still, that final strike at rich question to get to the bonus round. Where I, I get to the final round is where it gets a little uh, wacky. Uh, this is where I, I have to figure out how much is the cash prize to, to give away. And I'm leaning towards maybe something quick like 25000 or or maybe, uh, you know what? Maybe something like uh, 20000 like 20,000, 10,000, 5,000, something similar to the show it is right now. Um, oh, you know what? No, I got 10,000, 10, 25,000, 50,000. Or no, 20, 30, 50. That's it. 20, 30, 50,000 was the one I originally wrote down. With 1,000 for every screen you get through. If you get through all 10 screens, you get the money. But of course, the more uh, money you want to risk for is the more. Uh, chance you have of ending the game of two, uh, three, and four, much like the original format. And also like the show, uh, you could keep going. Originally I had the idea of it's like 25,000 as well and it's a 1,000 per screen, but if you falter it's 500, so there's a risk-reward if you want to stop. But I I just chose against it because I don't think that adds to the mechanism. I think you already gave people that decision when they started at the beginning of two, three or four uh, hotspots. So it's either you just keep playing on a solo game to get to the end, to get the big cash prize or, or just uh, move along. I, I think that that's what would work in this kind of version. Cause I, I think if you want, cause I think for, for a strike it rich revival, uh, it needs to be as funny and silly as Michael Barrymore's version, and if it's an American audience, I mean I, that's just Craig Ferguson in my mind. Um, it, it also needs to make sure that you still have the same beats in terms of wacky prizes and a snarky host, and that and he is a very snarky guy. And so when the game is over and everyone wins their respective prizes because if they bank they win the prizes no matter what happens following the same format uh, that everyone will end up happy at the end of the hour and because it's an hour it could slow down slightly because it's you know 10 screens so you could at some point go you have yourself this trip and this treadmill do you stop or do you keep going what do you want to do and something of that sort uh by stretching out slightly you get to that point. Which I kind of enjoy. And then if you can also do your plugs. Because I know American Games just love doing their plugs. Of this is a blah, 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 blah. Valued at $3,000. Something. Because if they, they want to do it, they're going to do it. So when it comes to the end game. The winning team with the money. They get to do the rundown. And it's like you got yourself. A, a, a pair of skateboards. You got yourself. A a vacation to disneyland we're in los angeles so disneyland you got yourself uh, uh let, let, let's see here uh you got yourself uh four smartphones these are samsung galaxy phones you got yourself uh, uh one of those smart refrigerators that you see at the best buy that creep you out uh, you won yourself a $3,000 gift certificate to the Home Depot, and you put that together with a trip to uh, Boston, Massachusetts, and $23,000 in cash. Congratulations and that's, the sh- that's what I would do if I if I made Strike I, I, It look it has to have that aspect of there's slight drama in the risk reward aspect of the prize but it has to be the same speed and pace as Let's Make a Deal and if I'm going to do a set, I mean it's okay at this point to do a dark set if you're doing a primetime game show and I envision this being a primetime game show because not a lot of syndicated daytime shows survive this um so, but I would see a lot of like bright pinks and purples and and, and silvers. Something something that makes it stand out with a lot of HD TVs. Uh, I don't know if I want to do a bandit or a hotspot. I think at this point just say hotspot. Because bandit just sounds weird and it's not randomized. It's still predetermined before the game starts. Uh, where it goes uh that's where i'd go and and keep the same top middle bottom of the of the bridge i think that would work you got to do that top middle bomb in game you got to have the the campiness of the prizes you got to have the quick wit of a host and i mean not to disrespect joe he was a great host for this the prizes were good on the u.s version if you get the u.s caliber prizes and then have some more cheapy prizes from the UK version. And then more extravagant prizes at the end. You have yourself a winning formula here. And, and something that would be a little more dramatic. So when it comes to that final round. Where it's just stop. where I don't even think you need to stop reward. But just that, well, you hit your second one. You need to avoid a third one. Oh, here's another true-false question. Something like that always works. And then, because it's a true-false question and it has to be an American game show, you know, I you say it's true. Pause. Pause. You gotta have that stupid pause. That's correct. Move on. It works. It definitely works. I think this format works. It's exciting. If you can just watch, like, find UK episodes of Strike It Lucky, do it. It's a really, really good show. Uh, It's campy. It is one of those shows where I couldn't believe I binge-watched like eight episodes in one sitting when I knew I had a whole backlog of game shows to watch this day. After watching like a whole bunch of mediocre game shows this week, this one just cheered me up so much that it was like, I like this. And it so pains me to see that the pilot was, for the US version, was with three contestants. I'm thinking how much of the show... This, what I'm saying, could have been what they originally envisioned. And if that was the case, they could have had a real primetime hit. Not really syndication, I'm saying primetime hit. Just slightly ahead of the curve. And because, you know, it's prizes, you know, product placement works, it's easy sell, money, budget, 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 it works. And I and I enjoy the, the this show so much. It is one of those things where I might have to put in, like, my top ten game shows of the UK. I don't know if I want to put it in the full top ten of, of like, all time, though. Because I love a lot of game shows and my opinion rotates all the time. But this is a show where I it's 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 at times better than let's make a deal because there is that same risk reward aspect, but everyone wins a prize. Everyone ends up happy. There's a lot of craziness. There's a lot of wackiness. And I think at some point, you know, there there's some sort of campy nature of the prizes being given. And that's the only like negative I can give for the for if there was ever a version again in America is if the prizes are bad or, or silly or screwy, you know, the sponsor might get pissed because the contestants don't need them. That's the only, like, fear I have with a revival of this uh, nature, is you could piss off a sponsor during the show. Uh, but... If it's an hour long, it's Craig Ferguson and you slow it down slightly or just make more time for Craig Ferguson mocking the, the contestants and having a good time. It works. It truly does work. And, I, and that's why I really enjoy the show. Uh, I, I understand the, the concern uh, some people might have because, I mean, Joe's version was a 50-50 coin toss. This is a uh, top, mill bottom uh it didn't work because the game was slower the questions were bad but i i i, I think it could work i on, i honestly think this is one of those obscure shows in the uk that most definitely if you saw it could work in america especially in today's uh steve harvey uh weird looks I can't believe you gave a stupid answer world of game shows uh, that that's why i really really love strike it lucky and now let's hope you strike it lucky all white with another edition of Pricing game spotlight <laughs> i just remembered i didn't tell people it was most expensive last week oh well um the game is most expensive premiere date october 16th 1972 tape day number 71 d play the big price the big doors uh it is one of the easiest games i would say on the prices. right contestants shown three prizes and must decide which of those is the most expensive Prices are then revealed one at a time, ending with the selected prize that they chose. If they were correct, they win all three prizes. The game premiered October 16, 1972, but it wasn't won right away. It, they actually picked the least expensive that episode. Three days later, though, at 0074D, it was won for the first time. On, Octo- on September 8, 1975, uh, its second set was introduced. The game no longer shares props with five price tags. On November 10, 1980, uh, the silver parts of the Most Expensive props were changed to blue. Uh, Sometime during the 1984 portion of Season 13, a third set was introduced. On January 10, 1986, the Most Expensive began using a unique set of price tags with graphics similar to its set. On February 12, uh, 2010, the game finally got its title and the spelling of Most Expensive is changed to Most Expensive with a dollar sign in place of the second S. For one playing in 1970 syndicate version, most expensive was played for a fur coat, diamond ring, and gold watch. Unlike the standard rules, the winner could only win the most expensive prize. In addition, unlike the regular staging, that playing was staged on the turntable. Yuck. Occasionally, the game was played for three trips. During original host Bob Barker's tenure, the trips were concealed and revealed behind three big doors. On September 18th, 2018 20- 2006, uh, number 3681K, the premiere of the show's 35th season. History was made as the game was played for three cars, also behind the three doors. For the very first time, and all of them were won. Because of the success with that playing on September 22nd, 2008, number 4431K, four, four, the premiere of the show's 37th season, the game was played and lost for three cars for a second time, but the one, two, and three props were missing from that playing. The video links are seen below. I'm not gonna gonna post, I I post the link to the, 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 the wiki page. I don't. Early on, one of the popular features of Most Expensive were the model chats frequently done following the game. Since the game used all three models, Bob would do an informal interview with them, usually with humorous results. Due to time constraints with the addition of more commercials in the escalating field between Diane and Janice, The feature was discontinued around early 1992. Oh, I can't figure out why that is. Would you look at Diane? Oh, here's Janice, and she has a beautiful set of China. On March 8, 2013, a contestant named Isaac won a $20,000 bonus for being the first person on stage to win their pricing game during Publisher's Clearinghouse Week. It was played in the first slot. The most number of times this game was played in any season was 64. On the 80s UK price, the game known as Most Expensive actually used the rules of Easy as 1-2-3, which now existed in the United States. Contestants were asked to number the prizes 3-1 from least to most expensive, and the winners would only receive the most expensive prize. Boo. In the first two series of Bruce's Price is Right, the American format most expensive was used. Although winners could only receive the most expensive prize. In the third series, the game was reverted with the easiest one to three format, and the winners began to receive all prizes. Uh, it, it's it's kind of weird, but uh, I I I have to explain the uh, the the set numbers. Like originally, it was with the price tags. Like remember. From last week when I brought the price tags, imagine the, that those numbers, uh, but, but that's for three prizes, and it lights up if you made your selection. On the uh, second one, it was kind of like a weird, uh, I would say, Taco Bell 1970s look. It was just dark brown and white, and then it was this weird, like... I would say arcade, not arcade like the uh, video game arcade. Think like antique store arcade before reverting to my favorite one, the Euro style pyramid look, which I enjoy. Uh, that's, that's my favorite kind of uh, pricing game is, is the most expensive. I like it cause it's, it's a simplistic game. What I like is a game that's so easy to explain. Here's three things. You pick the one that's the most expensive. You win all three i don't like the idea of pick the most expensive if you pick the most expensive you win the most expensive because it defeats the purpose of the other two prizes so i can't win the television if i if i think it's it's less expensive than this i want that damn television come on that's bullshit um but i like most expensive because it's easy to play easy to understand and it's very fast-paced if done correctly uh it because similar to like a one right price or one wrong price uh it, it's probably played at most for maybe like a minute and a half you introduce three products pick which one's the most expensive okay what do you have what do you have uh in modern interpretations the most expensive i have realized what they do is it's two models because usually it's two models now per per day and then the third one is george gray the announcer and I'm okay with that too. I think that's also funny because it gives George Gray something to do during the show besides just saying, come on down. And, and I, I like that. I do like in the way that they're including more people into the show. It's not just the models. And, and, and it's good for George Gray in doing that. This was the game most famous for George Gray wiping out on a treadmill trying to explain the descriptions. So, it's an easy-to-understand game. is a fun game to play, and I, I also enjoy the fact of the game, uh, essentially, folk in, the ultimate drama is just really just how much are you confident that thing is the most expensive. The drama's already there when it comes to revealing the prize, And sometimes you get something that's, like, maybe not what you expected was the price. So, you see a whole bunch of, like, handbags and accessories, and suddenly you see it's $4,200, and you're like, oh, jeez! Well, we got to hope that this is more than $4,200. Three, two, one, flip you one. And it's like, wow, that's a surprising all on its own. Uh, is there any winning strategy with most expensive? Listen to the crowd. I don't know. Uh, that, that usually is what comes with the most expensive game. Uh, I like it because it's a very quick game. Uh, it is a, a versatile game when it comes to prizes. I mean... You could do three trips, you can do three cars, you can do three things that all have something in common. It, it basically reminds me of the UK game show, Cheap, Cheap, Cheap. But that, where they're looking for what's the least expensive of three items, you're looking for the most expensive of here. But on that show, you had to figure out which of three is the least expensive, and they had to do that like eight times in a prize tree. With most expensive, however, it's only played once per game, if it's even in the rotation. So when I see most expensive, I now think the same way I think of cheap, cheap, cheap is they can always do something sneaky. Like they can go three different types of something. Like you can have the foosball table, the pinball machine, or the arcade cabinet. Which of these three is the most expensive? You can see, uh, and they all have a different thing in common. You can do that. And I think they have done that in like recent episodes three trips are now because you have three different monitors you can do it's such an exciting game to see how you can change it up every once in a while and and i think a game like this is always exciting to see on the price is right easy to understand easy to play and the producers can do whatever they want with it which i also enjoy something for him something for her something for the both of you it's exciting. Think, and you can basically make like a mini showcase with three different products and call it a day, as long as it's you know around ten to eleven thousand dollars in prizes, which is typically the budget for this this uh, game. But hey, if you have a cheaper budget, you can go less. You want to give more, you can. It's so exciting to play this game. It's so exciting to see how this game is played, and i know it's no plinko there's no real like mechanic there's no a uh, game board it really is just here's one two or three which three do you which of these three do you want and if you get it wrong you don't win any prizes but you get it right you win all three prizes i like that it could easily have been interpreted as like a let's make a deal game which of these three is the most expensive uh reveal one and then i'll give you a thousand bucks nope Reveal two all right uh well I'll tell you what you have three I'll let you keep three if you want to stop now they could have done any version of this in here it's just fast pace one two three are you right are you wrong multiple choice and I love that and and it's it's one of my favorite games and yet next on the pricing game spotlight is also one of my favorite pricing games on the prices right next time here on the on the show uh, when we do a deep dive uh, we'll be taking a look on Pricing Game Spotlight with Money Game. Yeah, Money Game! All right, uh, <laughs> that's gonna do it for us today. I got slightly disappointed in game shows earlier this week, but you know, Strike It Rich and Strike It Lucky just made me so excited, as was watching the prices right today. Just a fun, fun show. Uh, it, it makes me happy to do this show if you have any questions you want me to uh, answer or you have any ideas for guests uh drop me a line uh jordan haas J R D A N H A S S at gmail.com or go to jordanhaas.com look in the contact form to send me any questions you have there i uh, i'm also looking for uh ways to make sure i don't sound like sick and, and nauseated near the end of the show because i realize the more i do the talk to myself part of the show the more eventually my nose starts snuffing up and people wonder if i'm okay now i am getting a cold but that's beside the point i i enjoy doing this i love inviting guests on to talk to me about game shows and, and just introducing them to the world of game shows And there's still so many shows I haven't discussed yet. There's Dating Game. There's Newlywed Game. There's The $100,000 Pyramid. There's Let's Make a Deal. There's Wheel of Fortune. And that's just off the top of my head. And we have lots and lots of more games to talk about. And I thank you all for listening. And I hope you can join me next week for another game show uh, for me to analyze. Until then, let's give that big smooch. Mwah!